Man, oh man, Coog's house. It is good to get back in the win column. And it looks like we've got a running back. Pretty good night for people named Parker. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay us on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Yes, we're live on the YouTube channel just after the game ended up. 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. Uh, welcome to Cougars After Dark, if that's where you're finding us live, or if you're listening to it after the fact on Sunday or Monday. Welcome to the game. If you missed the game, Houston did win 38-7. to We're glad you're tuning in to get caught up on it. Um, exciting game for sure. handful of things to talk about. And I know that we'll talk about like the highs, lows, etc. But people are wondering like what to take away from this game. So obviously that will be our second segment. So our second segment is going to be what to take away from this. Our third segment is going to be look around the conference and the Big 12. But first and foremost, we've got to, got to, got to talk about the revelation of the day. And that is Parker Jenkins is the running back. I tweeted out the uh, the gift from PD from Remember the Titans, running back, y'all, running back. That is who Parker Jenkins is. Parker Jenkins came in. The freshman had 20 carries for 105 yards and three touchdowns, including a long of 31 yards. But what I really, really liked about him in his his running efforts, I guess I'll say, is that it was all kinds of different carries. It was stuff off the right guard. It was stuff off the left tackle. It was swing passes. It was all kinds of things um, all over the football field. And I really, really liked that he was so versatile because we'd heard for a while now that he was facing freshman challenges. Now, I think that probably is more likely to actually mean having different things in the pass blocking and those kinds of things. But over the course of the game, what became very, very apparent was Houston had found someone that they could push around up front as long as they had someone who could tote the rock behind them. And that guy very quickly became Parker Jenkins. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you've been here a long time, um, or you just have tuned in for the last couple weeks even, you remember that I've been talking about Parker for a minute. I like the burst he carries when he runs the football. He takes the ball from the hand. We'll check that out. That's part of going live. Um, the, I am at my folks at my parents' house right now. So uh, if it sounds different, looks different, that's a little bit as to why. If the Wi-Fi is not so strong, hopefully you can see and hear me and hopefully things go well. And if not, we'll patch things up, put things out for normal episode on Monday. Now, I look across the stat sheet from the game. We'll talk more about Parker Jenkins over and over again. But Donovan Smith going 31 of 40.
start to take out the sacks and that kind of stuff is, I think, actually better than it looks. But the big deal here is Parker had a field day. And this is the defense that's worth promote, worth talking about how well that went for him. Now, it absolutely helped that Matthew Golden looked like the Matthew Golden of old. It absolutely helped that Stacy Sne- that uh, Joseph Manjack looked like the Joseph Manjack of old. It absolutely helped that there was a lot of people getting active in the pass game, a number of different receivers getting active in the pass game. And so we go back and look at our keys to the game from Friday. One of the keys to the game was to use the screen game to take advantage of the speed. And it felt like from a very, very early point, that was going to be the way it goes. Um, now, did they take advantage of speed in other ways? Yes, I think that's why Jenkins got the game so, so much. Um, I'll be interested to see... I could talk about James for a long time, so sorry I'm feeling disorganized. Um, I could see this becoming a two-horse race with Mathis as an inside guy and Jenkins as an outside guy. Once Mathis's ankle is healthier, I could see him being the kind of guy that gets, you know, the short yardage carries and that kind of stuff. And you get Parker Jenkins more involved in first and second down or on off-tackle kind of things and concepts. Uh, maybe let Brandon Campbell in there to block or what have you. He's more he's a better blocking back. Um, but right now it looks like with, with Mathis ankle still bothering him that you're going to have a lot of, um, Parker Jenkins in there, but that was a different use of speed than we talked about on Friday. Cause on Friday we talked about the screen game and the screen game is what they came out with and how they got Matthew Golden the ball early. Uh, they got Joseph Manjack the ball early. They even, uh, they got Sam Brown the ball early on it as well. And those are short passes for long yards uh, because the way they're running, the receivers can turn into a running back on the edge with the ball in those instances. We also saw a number of different guys get active and boogie with the ball. Um, and I, I like the depth that that brought in, the depth that that showed in the wide receiver room. Um, as far as forcing San Houston State offense into long drives, that clearly was a driving point for Houston. It was a bend, don't break kind of defense. Uh, they had, what do I have here? They threw 23 passes as a team, had 23 rushes as a team. Um, and then I believe had a handful of sacks, uh, uh, a handful of half sacks, I'm sorry, for Houston as well. Um, so, again, forcing longer possessions, letting them beat themselves. The first drive of the game, in which St. Houston State drove down the field and scored their first FBS touchdown, I thought we were a little bit worried. I thought we were going to have a little bit of a problem, right? Um, it looked like we're going to have a problem because, frankly, Houston went down and got stalled in the end zone with penalties. And then San Diego State got the ball moved because Houston committed their own handful of penalties and then had a trick play that got a big chunk of yards. I was like, oh, crap, what's going to happen here? They have a great defense. This Houston going to trouble scoring, da 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 But then in the second possession, you saw the Parker Jenkins show. Um, he took off a number of ways, including ultimately ending in a four-yard touchdown Um there were nice passes to Matthew Golden on a seam play down the right sideline and those kinds of things. I mean, it's, I don't mean to say that no one else played well. And we'll talk more about Matthew throughout the week because him getting his confidence back is a big, big deal, I'm sure. Um, and the other thing we'll probably have to talk about this week, um, anybody see that we AL kid? We all, that, that, was, that was pretty impressive, folks. That was pretty impressive. Um, and so I, I say all that to say that the Houston Cougars – had a better showing, I think, than people realize. And I understand why people are upset about this. You know, we're talking how great this is about San Diego State and all those kinds of things, too. We'll talk about that in the second segment. I'm going to save that for the second segment. Right now, this is a celebratory segment. Um, Parker Jenkins is running back. Things are going well. 
other notes, news and notes I have off the top of my head from the game. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's figure out. Um, I appreciated the rotation of guys. I felt like it was as simple as making a mistake as a receiver and even as offensive lineman, although to be fair, Unage was vomiting through his helmet. Um, mistakes meant you came out the game. And that felt, felt like it kind of kept a cleaner sheet for the team as a whole, which we'll notice was the third thing I said Houston needed to do in this football game was keep a clean sheet. So what they did was this. They committed a handful of penalties, but as a way to, I don't know, help mitigate those or get rid of those, Houston did a great job of pulling guys, sitting guys, replacing guys. You saw a lot more Josh Cobbs when Joseph Manjack made mistakes and blocking and stuff like that. When he had a drop, he got taken up. Right. You saw a little bit of Boogie Johnson, right? When Matthew Golden has dropped, Boogie Johnson goes in, right? Those kinds of things I think were great. Um, really, really fun, fun time there for the Houston Cougars. Now, I want to talk something in the second segment about what that means going forward. I mean, this is just the same Houston State game. Probably don't need to get two amps, two heights, et cetera. But we also need to talk some about, you know, if you're building a good team, like Sam Houston State's trying to do, you probably need to make sure you're hiring the right people. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You'll be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs to find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you can find a bunch of different guys like Parker Jenkins to play on your roster, you need to go get them, and you'll get them right away. LinkedIn Jobs, you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so I've mentioned off the top that in, in this, then the second time we addressed this idea, like it was Sam Houston State. And, and what does this mean as we look across the rest of the season? I think I, I already have people telling me that I'm getting too high on this one because, um, well, frankly, because it's Sam Houston State and they just moved to FBS football. And even Corey, who represented them fairly well, I thought, this week in our guest segment on Thursday, he was like, you know, they're going to struggle to win games this year outside of Conference USA. But they're working their way up. they got a good coach, et cetera. But I thought Houston did such a great job running the football tonight. And we've seen that same Houston State team really, really work well and stop the run, et cetera, against like Air Force when they run the triple option game, right? And they were prepared to stop that running attack. Houston came out with a freshman running back. And frankly, you know, they'd had some touchdowns and short yard situations, but it had not been a tremendous rushing attack across the season by any stretch. And they came down and put it on Sam Houston running the football, especially when Parker was back there. I'm really, again, I'm excited to see what Parker and Tony Mathis do as a one-two back and forth, but we'll see how that goes later. Um, now, as far as the rest of things go, um, what I will say is that uh, San Diego State is not a conference win. Houston is still over in conference play. This is still 0-1. But in building on things and good habits, I think it helps the team a lot in – finding things that they were successful. We talked last week about what is the identity of this offense, what's the thing they can hang their hat on. And they were all throughout the game, they either said, hey, we're going to turn around and hand this thing to Parker around the right guard, uh, usually went off the B-gap and kind of read the tackle at that point. Sometimes went to the left side, but a lot of times you had Patrick Paul washing down the left side because they were aiming at the rising. Um, or you had the same kind of short yardage plays, but in, hey, Snap, throw to Man Jack in the flat. Snap, throw to Matthew Gold, not throw two blocks from. Snap, throw, just snap, just snap, throw, snap, throw, snap, throw. Not a whole lot of trickiness to it, but also not a whole lot of 
room for error. And I like the short throws in the sense that the ball is in the air for not very long, uh, pre-snap read kind of stuff, finding the screen stuff early. I like that as an identity for this team because I maintain, even though they've had drops and they've had a rough first start of the season, that the receiver group here is a very, very strong receiver group. I maintain that Donovan Smith does a really good job of his pre-snap box count read. Frankly, to a fault, right? Like we talked about at the end of the Rice game, the box count said for him to throw the football. So he did. When the truth is, is like in a game management situation, you got to realize you're on the two-yard line, right? Like those kinds of things. He reads the box to a fault, right? And I think that those kinds of things in the middle of the field can be really useful. Um, and so I looked at this as a good game for that, for Houston to build on what they do really, really well. For the defense... I noticed a lot of, we'll say, new numbers out there. Is that a nice way to put that? New new numbers. Um, and what I think is interesting about that is, like, you saw Gwegbu get in the backfield to get a couple tackles for loss. Uh, you saw Hamilton, I guess it got called back, technically. He had a pick, right, went to the house. I guess the, the went to the house part got called back. Uh, Brian George, who's been picked on to this point, had some success and pass coverage. Cedric Williams got after him and was healthy enough to do so. Um on, on, you saw Juwan Gaston get the game a little bit more because there was uh, some other injuries happening along the back half. I liked his, his film a lot coming in. It was good to see him get in the football game. Um, and then every time I see Traylon Payne's name on a stat sheet, I'm going to be like, man, that one commenter is going to tell me he proved me wrong because he he did. I didn't talk enough about Traylon Payne in the preseason. He's out here making plays because he's that kind of guy. Um, again, we talked a lot about Parker, so I can keep talking about Parker James if we want to, but Parker did a great job tonight. Parker will continue to do a great job. They continue to hand the ball. They need to keep handing Parker Jenkins the football. But the other thing I thought was interesting that we saw, yeah, let's start Parker at running back. And that's not me, Parker. That's Parker Jenkins. Let's start Parker Jenkins at running back. My, I didn't play running back either. My running days are behind me. Um, no, I think that interesting that you saw so many more, you saw a couple more balls and tension throwing the tight ends, like Burns and stuff like that. But I just felt like you saw more receivers on the field at a time. Uh, you saw Stephon Johnson out there a lot, Boogie Johnson, I should say, Josh Cobbs out there. Um, I thought he caught the one that he got hurt on, but I guess they ruled that he didn't. Um, across the board, a rotation of guys that went deeper. And we were told by Daniel Holgerson this summer that this was a Big 12 roster. Frankly, and looking at the resumes, this read like a Big 12 roster. And then to date, we didn't rotate linemen when they were making mistakes, receivers and then look gassed, D-backs when they needed it. And then on Saturday night, yes, it was a handed, you know, fairly handily won game, but they showed they were able to, right? They showed they were able, they were able to, they got other guys involved. Frankly, they had other guys held accountable once those said other guys were, had, were involved. And I think across the whole, those are good culture pieces to build on, right? Um, things to build on, things to move forward because – Houston's got Texas Tech next week, right? Now, Houston has Texas Tech next week in a game that I think a week ago would probably would have thought was going to be really challenging. I think it's still going to be pretty challenging. However, um, I don't know if you guys saw, their quarterback did go down injured today. Looks like he broke something in his leg. Am I reading that correctly? Um, broken fibula. No, that's not his leg. Um, so anyway, but he's down. He's out. And so their backup quarterback was going to be Donald Smith. Yes, the same Donovan Smith that's now taking snatch for the Houston Cougars. Um, and so next week becomes a very winnable game if Houston goes to Lubbock and handles business. And as Houston goes to Lubbock and handles business, having things they can hand their hat on is important in that. Having things that they feel like they do well, having things that they feel like they are known for is really, really important. Um, because the Big 12 
and we'll talk about in the third segment, like scores across the conference. The Big 12 is, it's a great conference to be moving into. It's a conference, conference of the future in a lot of ways. This year is not looking like a great Big 12 kind of season. And, you know, whether it's Baylor only being able to put up six points on Texas, you know, they're one and three. They lost to Texas State earlier this season. Um, you know, Central Florida looked good in their non-conference play, but got slapped by Kansas State tonight. Cincinnati kind of more of the same and then got beat pretty handily by Oklahoma. Um, you know, Tech with their backup backup quarterback had just 13 points on West Virginia. Oklahoma State and Iowa State had a mid-off. We'll talk more about the specific of those games in a second, but what I'm getting at here is the thing to take away from this game is you have an identity, you have things you know you can do, you probably found your running back, um, and I think that you can take that with you moving forward. You can take that with you going to these Big 12 games. You can take that with you wherever it is. This is kind of the get-right game you wanted to have to open the season, right? We knew UTSA was going to be challenging. They're a very good football team. Um, I think after watching Rice and JT Daniels, they're going to win more, more, more American Athletic Conference games than people realize. TCU was in the national championship game last season. That's three challenging games out the gate. And you kind of start to question at that point, what are we doing? What's going to happen? What are we doing going forward? And we get to, in this instance, play against um, Big 12 teams, but we have to play the Big 12 teams, uh, or we get to play the Big 12 teams, I'm sorry, with more of an idea of an identity of what we got going on. Now, I want to talk some about the Big 12, and I want to continue to talk about Houston's angle on what's happening around the conference in that Big 12. But I also want to talk to you about FanDuel, because you're feeling hot tonight. If you're feeling good after that victory and you want to keep it rolling, it is time to snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200, can get back $200 in bonus bets, guaranteeing place down a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to bet on the action. they got the Houston Texans, our Houston Texans, our 7.5-point dog, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The over-under is set at 43.5. Okay, I'll say it. I think that C.J. Stroud does really, really well in this game. I think he hits Tank Dell for a touchdown or two. We know Tank got his first last week. I think this is a good game to be looking at for betting lines. I do think that they keep this at about a touchdown. That line at seven and a half is challenging to me because, again, I think this is about a touchdown game. Houston is not their fully formed self yet. The Texans are not their fully formed selves yet. But seven and a half is intriguing. I might take Houston to keep it shorter than that because we've seen Jacksonville do weird stuff before in the past. And I'm feeling good about Houston keeping things close. So I'm taking Houston to keep it under seven and a half. Over under 43 and a half. I think I'm going to take the over, but barely. I think it's going to be like, 28-24, but I'm telling you to do whatever you think. You're going to fade me, fade me at FanDuel.com. Now, I'm looking across the Big 12 Conference, and obviously uh, the like ABC game tonight, was, I think the ABC game tonight was Baylor-Texas, right? Texas won 38-6. Baylor looks in shambles. They may fire Aranda before the season's over, right? That's a team that has been looking across the conference, has a res- resume to me that indicates Houston can walk in there and win a football game. They just can't. That's not a that's not a team that's like overpowering in any stretch. Um, Texas looks good, but here's the thing about Texas: as Texas looks good on the other side of that coin, right? They won thirty eight six. Can talk about teams in that. Texas loses games to teams they shouldn't lose to every year. Texas has a ton of talent. Texas could have a bajillion in double draft picks. They could have all those kinds of things. We both know they're going to lose games to someone they shouldn't lose to 
every single year. And Houston is exactly one of those teams because while Houston's got some talent, it's the kind of team that they will absolutely look past. Texas will absolutely look past Houston. They'll be looking at next teams on the schedule. They'll be looking at Big 12 championship rings. They'll be looking at this team played in the American Athletic Conference next year, last year, blah, 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 blah. We're going to the SEC, et cetera. And they're going to go through and find all kinds of things uh, to, to look past Houston on. And that's that's working in Houston's favor. I think it worked in a number of teams' favor. I can see them looking past Iowa State. I can see them looking past Texas Tech in the season. I can see them looking past a lot of people. But I think Houston's one of those teams that could do that to Texas as well. Regardless, they got to play UCF and Kansas State. Um, UCF, I guess that game is currently a two-score game in favor of Kansas State. It's not quite over yet as we record this game. Um, I, I think UCF is very much in Texas' wheelhouse as far as wins, losses kind of go. Uh, they're American Athletic Conference team as well, moving up. And I look at this game, it's like, okay, they put up points at Kansas State. That indicates that Houston can for me as, to me as well. I'm so looking at things. I'm not breaking down tape on this game because I just switched over after watching the game itself, got stuff set up to get this done. Um, I look at this as a game that indicates both could be um, – both teams could be beat by Houston. I like to see that for sure. I look across the board at Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Um, I think – Oklahoma-Cincinnati in, indicates a couple of different things, but one of those things is that Cincinnati is going to have trouble scoring the football without the coach from last year. Um, obviously, he's moved on to bigger things. Cincinnati is left behind. Uh, Cincinnati's offense looks like it was left way, way, way behind, <laughs> and I think that's a sign for Houston. I keep on looking down the list. Um, I'm actually probably most worried about Kansas as far as teams left on Houston's schedule. Um, Jalen Daniels is very good. Um, they look like they keep it rolling. They're 4-0. Um, yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. Um, West Virginia, very beautiful team in Houston on Thursday night. Should be wild. Texas Tech, we, we said earlier, we played next week. Their quarterback is down. That should work in Houston's favor unless history repeats itself. I saw someone say that before. Um, yeah, we we have played Texas Tech's backups and lost in the past. So, again, if, if history does not repeat itself, we should be okay there. There'll be a lot riding on Donovan Smith in that one, a lot riding on Dana Holgerson because they're doing a whole Mike Leach uh, honoring. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury will be there as well. That puts a weird amount of pressure on Dana. It's kind of a weird week for Dana too. Um, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, both beatable teams, both very much had a mid-off as well up there in Ames, Iowa. Now, I look at all of that and say, okay, if Houston can take a couple things away from this game, the Big 12 becomes the kind of thing that, it's not that they're going to win the conference and take over the conference in their first year in it. Um, I, although, it, obviously, I'm rooting for them to win every game, so I, I guess rooting for them, too, is, is one thing. It does look like the kind of conference, though, that if Houston can take some of these same basic things with them, if they can continue to focus on getting the ball to their playmakers' hands in space, the way I wanted them to do that and the way they did that tonight was in the screen game. If they can do those kinds of things to get the ball to those guys in space. That's a thing that they can take with them each and every week. If they have found their running back and it's the freshman, while they've been very hesitant to play freshman, I think that that's the thing they can take with them moving forward. And what I think they realize over the course of this game is those two things in conjunction work a lot to help out their quarterback play. Donovan Smith, you know, looks very strong at times. I think people were, I saw on Twitter, people were criticizing him for having a Sam, a Sam Brown drop in the back of the end zone in the first quarter, on the first drive. Unreal. That ball hit his receiver in the hands, in the back of the end zone. The guy couldn't get his hands on the ball and get his feet and bounce at the same time. 
that is not on the quarterback, right? There were there were a lot of things throughout the night where I thought Donovan Smith looked better than average. Now, is he Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes? No. But you know who's not Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes? Like everyone else who's ever played football. That's not my expectation. If they can continue to make the job easier on him as their quarterback, right, by getting the ball to those guys in space to make the defense kind of collapse itself and open up pockets behind that. If they can run the ball effectively and pull in linebackers and safeties into the box to make the pass reads easier. If they can do those kinds of things to help quarterback out, like most teams that don't have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady have to do, that very suddenly they're a very good football team. Um, and I think that this is the thing that's been frustrating about Houston the last couple weeks is that the potential to be that team was there. The potential to beat Rice was there. They, if they'd just been the team that scored 35 unanswered, unanswered points, that's the team that beats Rice going away. Right? If they do that for two halves out of one, that team scores 70. Right? If they are the team that you know doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, that you know has some sort of a semblance and identity on offense at TCU – they might have been up at halftime in that game, right? And so it's frustrating because, yes, it was. after we have a couple days to study what happened in the course of the game from an X's and O's perspective. But then Wednesday, we got to turn the page to tech because Big 12 play starts back up. of the day each and every day. If you're looking for more things in the Big 12, once all the games are wrapped up, Drake's and Dab stuff on the Big 12 channel from tonight as well. So go check out Locked on Big 12 for your second listen of the evening. Thank you all so much again. Locked on Cougs, the primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.